Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Tip, thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Them Tip Told You. Today is different. I finally have Brandon on the podcast. Finally, huh? Finally. Finally. But I, I just want you to know it came up in my memory from like two years ago when I ordered those logos for our podcast. So, so, yeah, so the delay, the delay is all my fault. Huh? I'm just saying, I That's ordered the logos. I sent you three to choose from. Okay, well, what do you mean? I'm just saying. Since I'm on your podcast, I'll take the brain. So it's we all my fault. Brandon on. And if you were on um Holistic Success Fridays on IG Friday, I was giving y'all the backstory on the conversation Brandon and I have. We're gonna finish that conversation today. But we wanted to start off just because it's that time of the year where many of us are goal setting. We just, we just wanted to start off talking about goal setting and expectations. Now, let me give y'all a caveat here. Brandon and I, he sent me a text the other day that said we had been friends for 25 years. Right. I think he's wrong. I actually think it's 27. You might be right. Yeah, I think it's closer to 30 than not. You, you might be right. That means you're old is all that means. Very old. The one with a child about to graduate from high school. That's <laughs> <all>. <laughs> Only one of us is that old. Um, so I, I wanted us, I, I want you to know that backstory. So if you're if you're wondering why we have the banter that we have, it is not forced, it's not rehearsed. It just comes from, oh, you know what else I want to add to our talk about list? What's that? I read, so I understand what the meme meant, but I think you and I should have this conversation in front of everybody. Okay, okay. The meme said, God, it said, sis, God is not going to make that lady's husband your soulmate. Mm. So I want us to have a conversation about platonic soulmates. Gotcha. I think that'll be fitting that that can help contextualize some of this stuff. But so I saw that to say, Brandon and I really don't have a script for today. We have some general talking points that we want to go through. Um, but we, we just wanted to share with you guys the nature of, speaking of a platonic soulmate, the nature of an authentic friendship and what it means to push, um, to have a friend that can push you in your thinking. So that's where I, I kind of want to just set that frame and Brandon, I'm going to turn it over to you about, you know, what we do at the end of the year in terms of goal setting. Okay. Before we get to that Right. Before we get before we get to that, I just want to say when we have this conversation about uh, friendship and especially friendships of uh, many decades like ours has been, we got to keep it real. There are ups and there are downs, you yeah. know, in those friendships. Sometimes you don't like it. Yeah, like when you uh, kicked me to the curb and you wouldn't talk to me for about There you go. There you go. I was just about to say, <laughs> Tiff, Tiff, Tiffany acted act crazy for, you know, a year or so there, but I still love her, you know. We, and we a had, year? So, was it that long? I feel like it was only like a month. 
well, it was longer than a month, maybe not a year. It felt like a year because that's how long I cried, you know, missing oh, my whatever. friend. We both know it was definitely it was definitely about six months, but we'll get into that. We'll get I, into that. I don't believe it, but okay. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, uh you and I have a unique perspective because your your birthday is at the end of the year in November, mine is at the beginning of the new year in January. Yep. So at about the time where everybody else is, you know, making their projections and reflections of, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, um, it's kind of double for us mm-hmm. because we're, you know, adding a year of life. So we have a, a different perspective in that. So, you know, before we get into the goal setting and what we want to do better, I want to really ask you a question because I've been examining this myself with what we're coming out of now. And really, we're not coming out of, we're in the middle of this pandemic and all that it encompasses and all that it means, especially to our community. You're going into the next year more hopeful or less hopeful than last year? More hopeful. More hopeful? Why? More hopeful. Um, Even knowing, not to cut you off, but even knowing that we're firmly in the middle of this and it's going to be a while before we even get Oh, semblance of normalcy. Somebody who likes to travel like you, that likes people like you. Yeah, I think some things are going to get uglier. Um, But here's why I say I have more hope. Mm -hmm. Someone posted today, uh, a friend of mine posted on Facebook a question and she asked, what did you learn about yourself in 2020? Like 2020 was a year that taught a lot of lessons and it pulled back the veil for a lot of us. Right. and if I, if I reflect on the, the biggest lesson for me in 2020 was that I'm a, I'm a lot more powerful than I ever gave myself credit for. Absolutely. And that I ever allowed myself to be. Right. And going into 2021, 2020 was so rough that going into 2021, there is um, a gratitude that if I could get that big of a gift in 2020, that I can know myself better, right. 2021 is just going to get better. Right. And, and, and I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that portion of it. And that does give me hope. But if I'm being honest, I'm wrestling with something else on the other side of that. Because I, I do agree with you. I, I, I do find that I have a, a strength that I didn't know I had. You know, I, I'm, I'm more determined. But the reason I'm more determined is the other half of this angst that I have going into the I'm realizing now is for the first time, how frail we are. Oh. You know what oh. I mean? This, how fleeting life is. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I'm really coming to grips with that. Uh for the first time, I'm sure some of that has to do with the age I'm reaching, but a lot of this has to do with, you know, people are relatively healthy and then 14 to 21 days later, they're dead. Right. And there are, you know, uh, statistically speaking, people with underlying health conditions and the like are, you know, the it's more consistent, the death and hospitalization with them, but that's not always the case. Well, That's it's not, not always, always the case. case. And, and even though it's not always the case, we black folk. Exactly. So blackness is an underlying condition here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 
So, Figuratively and literally. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. You know, I have I have a I have a cousin. She's not that much young. Literally, not like a few years older than us. Is it the cousin you used to always talk about when we were in Tallahassee? No, it's actually her sister. Okay. <laughs> so you know her her sister. She's so she's uh about fifty. You know, not old by any healthy. She was in the hospital fighting for her life with this COVID. Thank God she's much better now, but with no real indication as to why. Right. So to, to, to go back to our goal setting, that, that, that just gives me a sense of urgency that I didn't have before. I probably should have had it, but I really have a sense of urgency um, to, 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 to push uh, my agenda, if you know what I mean, like my yeah. story, yeah. Um, to do what I want to do. Definitely. You know? I think I think it added to urgency, but I'm going to ask you um, because we're slightly the same age. I, I'm, older. I'm older than Brandon. So if you're listening, I'm, I'm like a few months older than Brandon. <laughs> there was already a sense of urgency. Right. 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 I, that's why we, we originally talked about having a podcast called Midlife Musings, because right. your, your mindset definitely shifts. I remember when we were at Tallahassee in Tallahassee. We thought we were invincible. Right. Right. And we are both procrastinators because it feels like we have forever to get stuff done. But even before COVID happened, within the last few years, our conversations have gotten more about urgency and getting things done. Um, not just because of the fear of death, but because of our fear of our parents mm. transitioning. Right. right. That, And so I think we're now sandwiched between those two things, the, the COVID reality that reminds us that we're mortal, but also the mortality of our parents as they get older. Right. Like both of those are, are running together on me in a lot of ways. And it's, um, it's a lot of stress. It's it a is, lot of stress. Is. Because we both, we both want to, uh, and, and like you said, it's not, it's not so much literally our parents transitioning. Um, we want to be in a position so that they can relax fully. Exactly. And enjoy what's left. And enjoy what's left. And, you know, both you and I are the same in that we want that responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We, 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 we want that. We, mm -hmm. we realize that that is our responsibility. So, yeah, the, the, the mentality and the mindset has changed, but COVID-19 has thrown an accelerant on a lot of things. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in, in a major way. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it also makes me um, not just think about accomplishing things for the financial security of my family, right. but also you have, we had, we had a little bit of this conversation yesterday when you talked about resurrecting God through birth, right. but leaving legacy. Right. Right. I want my parents to be comfortable. I want my nephews to be comfortable, but I also I have I people thinking I'm a five percenter. <laughs> we have to. We'll get broader context to that. Yeah, because yeah, you were pretending to be in Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> At least you were running with them. So, but um, it, you know, I think there is also a desire to leave a mark on the world. Exactly, and 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 not necessary. I know you're not necessarily speaking in the in, in the way it's mostly framed, like in the in the capitalistic model you know, in the model of capitalism, I'm, I'm talking about legacy in terms of, you know, my children to know 
what my dad believed in, mm -hmm. you know, what his thoughts were, you know, where his heart really was. Mm -hmm. so, but all that takes investment, right? Exactly. It takes a tremendous investment. And I think we got to be about that business as we talk about goal setting. Oh, so definitely. How do you wrap? How do you wrap? that ideology, that desire, um, and how do you fuel it, but not fuel it with fear? Or is it good that a little fear is in there? Oh, I, th I think it's, no I won't say good, but I think it's normal for a little bit of fear to be in there. Right. Is, but, is that, but is that productive or does that ultimately erode from the ultimate goal? I think it's moderation, right? Yeah. I think a healthy amount of fear is enough to keep us moving. Like, I, I don't want to leave this stuff undone, right? That kind of motivating fear, right. the kind of paralyzing fear that puts you into fight or flight, that's what we have to avoid. So I think fear, fear is normal. And I'm, I'm worried that, especially while we're goal setting, I think we have to, it's important to me um, as part of my brand that I not endorse these extremes that a lot of people are starting to endorse. Mm -hmm. Like fear, you, you, you live without fear, no fear, no fear, that's impossible. And so the first time somebody who's been convinced that fear is abnormal or something to be shunned encounters fear, then you might get them stuck. Where I think fear is normal and people have to accept, sometimes you're gonna be afraid. So I, I really think it's important for us to talk about moderation in this goal setting. I think it's incredibly important to be working on your dreams, but you gotta avoid the excess there. Are you, is your family suffering because you're so busy trying to hustle? Your, your relationships, is your uh, spirituality suffering because you're so focused on your career? You know, so I think moderation has to be a bigger part of our goal setting than pop culture is making it right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, going back to something you said, so you you disagree with the uh, you know that line Will Smith has about that, and I'm sure I'll butcher it, but the gist of it is danger is real, fear is a choice. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm disagreeing with that because you think you think fear is going to be ever present. It's just how you filter it, and just how you don't let it, you know consume you is that what you're saying i think people forget that fear is a protective mechanism that your body it can be it can <laughs> right be. It, it is it protects us from things now I, I again i don't want you to move into the fear that makes you stagnated right. i think that's what he's talking about don't let the fear choose not to let it cripple you i agree with that choose not to let it cripple you but i don't think you get to choose whether or not you're afraid yeah but when you hear that rattlesnake run exactly exactly yeah, I think I think I think this is all. It it it, it it's a lot going into this, and I don't want to. I don't want to. If this makes sense, I don't want to give the year twenty twenty one more significance than I should. But this this really is this really is a huge thing because there's a lot a huge year because there's a lot going on now just mentally. You know what I mean? I don't know how many people are mentally well. I think very few. Very few. And especially when you talk about uh, our community for, for a myriad of reasons. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. since this is affecting us, it's, you know, us and, us and my Latino brothers, Latino brothers and sisters. 
uh, disproportionate. Yeah. So all of this is swirling around, you know, and how do you balance that? How do you balance that? I, I think one of the ways we balance it, um, I, don't, I, I might be telling your business that you don't want other people to know, but you and I both started therapy this year. That's right. I don't care. Good. Because that's what I was going to say. I think one of the things we have to do is remove that taboo from the community. Exactly. If your knee hurts, ain't nobody gonna look at you crazy because you go see somebody about your knee. No, I agree. I agree. And it took me a while, as you know, it took me a while to even, uh, number one, do it and then get to the point um, where I was comfortable talking about it. But what you're saying is true. It, 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 it makes no sense for me to be, because what we're about to talk about is preparing ourselves to, you know, elevate and evolve and not use every means at my disposal to get there. Right. You know, one of you know that's a lie. I'm lying to myself if I if if I don't try to do all I can do. You know. Right. Right. And it's necessary. Yeah, it's necessary. Exactly. So I think that's one of the things we have to do is to become, um, you know, remove the, the social taboos around seeking therapy. I also think it's important that we reflect more on our mental health. Absolutely. Right. Because you can become so. I, I talked about this one time a while ago, um, where stress can call, cause dull headaches. Like that's one of the physical symptoms of stress. Absolutely. And many of us who are middle-class, working-class black folk at the end of the day have the dull headache. Mm -hmm. And we think it's just, oh, I've been on my feet too long or, oh, I worked hard. That's not normal. Like we've made that normal because we don't sit and reflect on, well, what the heck? That's why am I having a headache? What's like what physiologically might be wrong I don't think we stop and reflect enough about where our emotions are. I don't think we check in with ourselves enough. And I definitely don't think, I think you and I do this well, except for when you're ignoring me or you're too busy for me. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> never happens. <laughs> but I, um, I, I just, look, let me tell y'all that Brandon bought me a shirt and it took his wife mailing it a month later for me to get it. There I'm just saying that's how he treats me. There we go. <laughs> I think the point of the story is, and I will, you know, Restate. Did you get the shirt? I got the shirt. Oh, I appreciate my shirt. So I should have so worn the shirt today. But what I was saying is, I also think it's important to have friends that check on you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, in the conversations we have, there are some things I just I'm just fully aware that you can't process through yourself. Right. You know, which is you know a great. A uh, reason to have therapy, number one, but just talking to a friend, something you got to bounce ideas and, you know, and, you know, get another person's perspective. It's necessary. Right. And I think it's also helpful to know that sometimes things happen to you and you feel what's in your cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think sometimes people, things happen to us and we feel like we're the only person in the world that's ever experienced it. Right. Which is a heavy, heavy burden. Absolutely. But the moment you realize that somebody else experienced that, it's like a relief, a release. You don't feel like you're abnormal. And, 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 and in that vein, um, a concept that we've discussed before, it lessens the shame. Yes. Right? If yes. other people have had those same thoughts, gone through those same things, maybe not literally the exact scenario, but something similar, it lessens the shame that we hold. That causes those health, you know, uh, things in the body to, you know, give you that headache or most, most 
maladies that we affect in our body can be traced back to stress. Some form right. Of stress. right. I think I told you that my therapist has me doing body scans. Which um, I and awesome. I have I have found that I hold tight in my stomach. Like, and I'm sure the long-term effects of that are going to be negative. It, but now that I'm more aware of it, I can stop myself. I can, you know, breathe into that spot. I can think more deeply about why I'm I'm tight in that moment. Um, and that's we just got to be more aware of things. We 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 capitalism has us on autopilot. You get Absolutely. up, you go to work, you come home. You get up, you go to work, you come home. You look forward to the holiday, but then you look for you you don't look forward to the Monday after the holiday. You know, it's just a, such a cycle that it's easy to put yourself on autopilot and never think through. Like I'm sure everybody listening and you and I both have been driving home, you zone out and you pulling up in your driveway and you're like, what happened to the last 20 mm -hmm. minutes? Because everything is on autopilot. Absolutely. And if we don't schedule in time or create uh, rituals in our lives around scheduling in time to reflect on where we are, I don't think we can be our total whole selves, healthy whole selves. No, because I, I agree because we haven't, if, if we don't take the time to do that, we haven't identified, you know, the fullness of what makes you Tiffany and what makes me brand. So yeah, right. you're right. That, 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 that's necessary. Right. So which makes me, so let's shift a little bit. So we, right. to, for me, that becomes part of what I want to accomplish. Like, I, 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 I don't know if this is the same for you, but right now my goals are shifting um, you know, 20 years ago, my goals were more about, I want to drive this car. I want to have this in the bank account. I want to be married. I want to have children, this, this, and this, and this. My goals now are around, I want to develop healthy habits. I want to become the best me. I want to become the best partner, the best, like it's less about the material of what I want to have because there has become, there has come an understanding of if those things are in order then the other stuff I can make happen. Right, I agree 100%. That, that it, it, it's a shift of priority. And, and I agree, now don't get me wrong. I don't think, I, I don't now think that, you know, money and uh, security in that way is not important. It's just less important. It's just letting, it's and you know, you're right. It's, it's, it's down on the pecking order because, you know, um, if your mind's not right, it doesn't matter how many dollars you have in the bank. If your mind's not right. You can't be effective, you know, uh, in, in, in changing and for your family. and let, let me just say this. I have for the last, I don't think I even told you this, for the last three weeks, we have been uh, doing a food giveaway. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we, we, we've given away. At the church or at work? It's a coalition. We use a church, but it's a, it's really a community-based okay. coalition of different people. Um, and we give away, uh, we have given away like 1,300 boxes of food. Excellent. But what strikes me about that is when you see these cars coming and you see the lines wrapped around the block, the need that we have, all different type of, you know what I mean? If you were, if you're looking at these people stereotyping, maybe you wouldn't think they would be in a food line, but there's a need. We use terms now, you hear terms on the news uh, like food insecurity. Yeah. What does that mean? That means people are going hungry. Right. You know what I mean? So 
I say that to go back to our original point. That's the importance of being mentally, spiritually, and physically strong because the world needs us. Right. It needs me. It needs you. It needs the people who are listening to do our part. Right. Right. And that's part of what I meant when I said our legacy matters. It matters. How will I be remembered? Will I be remembered as someone who tried to solve some problems? Or will I just be remembered as the chick that had the nice Tesla? Like right. that, that's not, I have financial goals. I was about to say it. I don't want it. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying I have financial goals. My vision board says millionaire by 50. So I have financial goals, but even in the amassing of wealth, my objective is so that I can better meet the needs of the people around me, right? It's not, I was listening to something and they said that um, Bezos has enough money to end world, not national, world hunger and housing insecurity and still be a billionaire with a B. Wow. And I, there has to be something empty inside of someone who doesn't do it. Absolutely. And I think you're, and I think that, because I read that same thing, I think that speaks to his current, you know, net worth. And you know, he's projected the next five or six years to be a trillionaire. The first, the first trillionaire. Yes. yes. So if he can do that now, with you know, I, I say it like it's a small amount, whatever it is, 200 and whatever billion. What can he do with a trillion? And to your point, why doesn't he want right. Why doesn't he right. want there, there is a mindset there that I don't understand. And I want us, as we, as, as many of us are setting these goals in place for the next year, that we reflect on what it is we want this wealth to do. Right. And I truly believe now, I truly believe that you can't be happy. Like there is not, he can't pay for joy. No, you can't. He might pay for pleasure, you know what I mean? But pleasure is not the same as joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that and and, and that's proven by the amount of people who are fabulous historically, who have been, you know, fabulously wealthy and patently unhealthy. I mean, yeah. excuse me, un, un, unhappy, you know, right. in terms of you know, suicide, you know what I mean? Just sad, sad life. So yeah, I agree with you. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, so I just, I want I want those people who are listening and us to, to think about that as we set our financial goals that I think, I think we get more fuel from spirit, the universe, God, whatever you choose to call, call it. I think you get more, I get you, I think you get more of what you ask for if your intentions are good. Yeah, I agree, I agree. I agree. But, and, and I think, I think you're so right in that in goal setting, just the order just needs to shift, right? Mm -hmm. Just put those other things at the top. Mm -hmm. I think you know, so. And I think, I think everything else takes care of itself. Cause I agree 100% um, with what you're saying. There's a, uh, there was a saying, I think from a, um, know if it was uh saint francis of Assisi or who but uh i believe it was a uh catholic saint that said lord um i don't know if i please you but i think the fact that i want to please you pleases you. 
So right. I, I, and what you're saying, I think it's searching. Whatever you want to call it, as you said, the universe, whatever, I think it's that searching, mm -hmm. that, that sincere desire to do better that is, is what opens up right. abundance in the real right. sense. And because I think, I think one of the most insidious things that capitalism does is takes and makes us believe in, in scarcity. Like there, are, there is a finite amount of money how can there be a finite amount of money and this man is about to become the first trillionaire? So there aren't finite amounts of money. No. We don't have to believe in that model. We don't have to believe in that scarcity. Especially in a currency in this country that's not backed by anything, but we won't even go down that right now. You know what I'm saying? Right, we can create what we need. And the right. same thing about this. Now, here, let me convict myself, right, as I'm goal setting. Um, I really want to move more, Brandon, from being a consumer to a producer. Yeah. So right now, you know, both you and I have jobs. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being employed. I think there are going to always have to be employees um, based on the world that we live in. But I do, I don't want to be one. Or I don't want to have to be one. Let me say that. I don't, don't want to have, that's right, that's right. Um, I want to, if I'm going to get paid, I want my own business to pay my salary. Absolutely. And so even in my goal setting, like I said, from 20 years ago to now, that shift has changed. And, and it's no longer even, um, I don't want to have to hustle. This is, now this is within the last two years, because anybody who knows me knows I've been the side hustle queen. Right. And I always got a side hustle. I don't want to be a hustler. I don't want to move from thing to thing to thing trying to make the quick dollar. I want to establish, I want to create right. wealth for my community. Right. You're always going to hustle. I know what you're saying. You just want to evolve your hustle. Exactly. I want to be a business owner. Like, to right. me, there's a difference. Between which is, which is, but it's all the same. It's all the same. It is, all, it is definitely all the same. But for me, what has happened, uh, my hustle Okay, so I'm using the word wrong, which is why you, you're defensive right there. I don't, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the black street hustler. I think these are probably the best business minds ever. So I'm not, I'm not down in that at all. I'm talking about how Tiffany manifested hustling. Tiffany's manifestation of hustling was jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing, always following the hot thing, trying to make a quick dollar. I got you. And to me, that's just like being an employee. You're still an employee to a dollar, not necessarily to a business, but to the dollar. I got what you. I want to do is create things that people will invest in and make money like that. I got it. So you want to, you want, you want, you want to invest in something um, that's sustainable in the long term. Right. Gotcha. Which is uh, is different from me. So. If anybody's, I've been a, a doula. I did nails in Tallahassee. You remember that? Yeah. I did nails. Um, I've tutored. I've done writing SAT workshops. I got the consultant. I'm like, I sold paparazzi. My sister signed me up to sell lashes. I'm like, okay, it's time. Yeah, but why can't all that be under, you know, whatever you want to call it, T-Pole Enterprises? Why can't that all be part of your sustained hustle? You understand what I'm saying? General Electric, they, they don't just do one thing. I think, yeah, I, I think in, a, in an ideal world and eventually it can all be done. 
But the problem is, and here's what I discovered over the last couple of years is they were all self-imposed distractions because I was afraid of the, th- the real thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So your, your hustles were stopping you from going for the big prize. Yeah. We're not even stopping you, but, you know, giving you uh, the necessary excuse. The excuse. That's exactly what they were doing. I can't knock it because maybe, maybe that's what, uh, you know, my definition of a good job does, you know, stops you from getting to that next level. You're right. Yeah, I think at, at the point, like when you stop and you think about what is this doing to me and my trajectory? Right. You got to be honest in some of these things. I knew I didn't want to sell no lashes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, right. I don't like to sell. I don't even wear that kind of jewelry that paparazzi was selling. Right. Now they got cuter stuff, but you know what I mean? I just, it was just, let me do this thing. How did you do it that you just you made some bread? No. No. <laughs> you hot right now. No, and that's the deal. I think I think when you are pursuing something you have a passion for, it doesn't even feel like work anymore. But with that, with that whole thing, with 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 that concept of with that concept of passion and 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 where you put your heart and energy, how do you know? How do we know that this is it? And this actually, where, where I'm getting with this is, this actually ties in to that quote. I thought that was a very interesting meme you said. This all ties into that, the perspective mm-hmm. of how you look at it. Yeah, from what perspective are you using? What I'm saying is, what you, to bounce around a little bit, what, uh, restate that meme you said about God, about the... Oh, the, the meme I saw today that said... Uh, yeah. Sister, God wouldn't make your soulmate that lady's husband. Okay. So what I'm saying, just like in this in this hustle that we think we love, first of all, you, do you, don't answer politically. Answer honestly. Okay. Do you believe that? That God won't give you somebody else's husband as your soulmate? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It depends on the conversation you and I had before the podcast started. <laughs> What did we have before the podcast started? You know I'm old. About whether or not we were soulmates. I understand that. You're, 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 okay. So let's get into this. Wait, so let's clarify in case Christy is listening. We are platonic soulmates. We're going to unpack that in a moment. But I just yeah. want to say that now so she don't hit you before she hears the rest of the podcast. <laughs> she'll, she'll be all right. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, even in a non-platonic way, do you believe that statement? That's hard, Randy. It's a very difficult. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 the meme, you know the way the meme is supposed to be read, you right. know. Right. But that's why I want that's why I want to really look into that. That's hard. That is hard. That's the whole, you know, is this in God's will? Does God, God will for us to suffer? Does God will for these people to get divorced? Like, that's the hard part of faith, which is the other part we wanted to talk about today. That's the hard part is accepting that this might be your lot. Right. Right. That's a so, really hard. 
So you can be, and I, and I, I just want to unpack this, you can be in love with that man, right? Yes. Maybe. Fully and totally. Yes. That has a wife. Okay, so here's the issue with that, right? Not should you be, but can you be? Right, not should you. I definitely think you can be. Okay. Because uh, you're human. You like what you like. You, you, if you spend enough time with the person, you might fall in love with the person. So we're going to get into a deep, we're going to get into a deep conversation here because this really speaks to the heart of spirit. And I don't know the answer. But if we're talking about love, we're not talking about these other things that can masquerade as love and do a very good job. We're not talking about lust. Yeah. We're not talking about infatuation. We're not even talking about extreme. Oh, dependency. We're talking about love. Okay. So... If you, I'm speaking to you, if you love a man in that way, it's not a superficial thing. No. So the question is asked that God, your creator, wired you <laughs> in a way so that you love this man. Real love. We're not talking about things that masquerade as love. Oh, no, I don't, I know. I don't know. It's yeah, not, I'm stuck between I'm stuck between real love. What I'm I'm stuck with your premise. Real love and not the things that masquerade as love. I think the things that masquerade as love are so hard to decipher from real love that a lot of people think this is real love when they're with somebody else's spouse. And that's not like you're hundred percent right. And that's the point. The way I look at it is, and they're very difficult. Sometimes people are in these states for years. Yeah. Don't know. But ultimately, in my opinion, those things that masquerade can't be sustained. Right? That, 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 that. I, I, I don't, how I don't you necessarily can... agree with that point. I think they can sustain because if they are. Okay, how long can you lust over somebody? Oh, now the lust one. Yeah, okay, the lust one. Let's take that one out. But the codependency, I think that can last forever. Yeah, but you can be you can be in a codependent relationship with somebody you can't stand. But you can also, I was in one, you can also be in a quote-unquote romantic relationship that's codependent, and therefore it makes it very hard to leave that. Very hard right. to leave. No, I got you, but if you're in the romantic relationship as codependent, wouldn't you think that that speaks to, 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 to love? You say you can be in a, so what you're saying is you can be in a relationship with somebody and you use the term codependent, that everything's good, you like each other, but you don't love them. I don't know that everything is good. I got you. I don't think that, I'm, I'm using one particular relationship of mine as the model here. Okay. I think it was good sometimes. Sometimes it was not good. Um, but what made me stay in it was the codependency, not not that I quote unquote loved him. I think I I grew to love him just because of the amount of time we were together. Like it's hard not to live. It's Curtis. It would be hard not to live with somebody for seven years and not have any love for them. You dropping names on the podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it, you know what I mean. Like it I, would, got you. I would have to have some kind of Grinch heart. 
<laughs> not to live with somebody for seven years and not feel anything. But what kept me there was not the love, it was the codependency. Codependency in what way though? I needed to be needed. And he needed me. I got you. So for those of you who don't know the backstory, Curtis was an alcoholic that I was with and uh, you laugh and I'm not trying, I ain't say no last night. That's true, that's true. Uh, he, he was an alcoholic that I was with. We knew each other from fam. Did you, you know, he left fam before you came. We knew each other from fam and you know, it, it, was, it was codependency. Like I was, um, I was in, in, a, in a mental state where I needed validation and validation for me came in the form of having a partner. I thought having a man proved to other men that I was worth having and proved to myself. That's the codependency piece. I needed, I needed to feel needed and wanted. And he did that for me. And he needed somebody to take care of him. And that's what I did. This is, this the relationship is, well, that's what I'm saying. So there was love there. We had fun together. Even now that both of us are both more healthy when we talk, we laugh and joke, and, you know, and there's still love there. If something were to happen to him, I would be devastated. But there is no desire for a relationship there. Right. Because so, the codependency is not. You wouldn't identify him as your soulmate. No. Do you believe in terms of, I'm talking about in, in romantic relationships that there really is such a thing as soulmate? Because I definitely do think uh, platonically as friends, or you, you, you connect, we're, we're an example of that, you connect with a person. Yeah, I think we're soulmate. Me too. But does that, does that work the same in, in, in romantic? I guess it would have to, right? I, I don't know, Brandon. I don't know. I think, okay, so here's what's blocking that for me. I, Fully, I think platonic people can be full soulmates. I see that easy, easy because of us. But I, I don't see romantic soulmates so easy because there is the courting period. And, 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 and that's, that's exactly where I'm at, that exact word you used. The, 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 reason, the reason that I kind of am apprehensive about using the term soulmate because it seems like it comes with an easy button. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. It's, and it's not. I've Tiffany knows this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys. I've, I've been with my wife for almost 20 years. We've been married for 15. So I absolutely love her with every fiber of my being. We have three wonderful kids. We built a life. We laugh. We joke. But it was work. And right. it continues to be work. Right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say it was just some type of mystical, magical pairing that we were meant to be. I think we both made the choice to make the commitment to stay through it and work through it. Because I know, you know, it's but probably Brandon, yeah. I want to push you there. I okay. think all that is true, right? Right. And you're saying that that's not necessarily so made ish because there's no easy button and there was work. But we just talked about how our friendship needed work. No, I, I see what you're saying, but what, what I'm saying is, and maybe maybe to your point, I can't help but when I hear soulmate, think of like a, a rom-com, a romantic comedy that comes in TV. Yeah, where, where, which is dangerous. That kind of TV is 
so dangerous. Yeah. So if you're saying that a soul, if, if you're saying the way we're used as soulmate is that it's two people that have the soul and the desire to do hard work to make it work. I wouldn't define soulmate that way, would you? I don't know. That's what we try. Okay, to so let, uh, let's do the easy thing. Why do we think we're soulmates? And then maybe we can come up with a definition and then we can apply the definition in another context, see if it works. Okay. So let's go through. Uh, so I met Brandon because his cousin stood me up on a date. Uh, Chaka. <laughs> and we're going to say last names there. Chaka Perkins <laughs> stood me up. We were being set up on a blind date. And when I called Chaka to find out why he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he said, I'm at the mall with my cousin Brandon shopping for a belt. <laughs> so um, I cussed and fussed. And some, did y'all come to the house that night? Later on that evening, we did. Yeah. So they came to the house that night. And it was my first time meeting both of them. And I think we stayed up all night that first night. Right. right? So there was an instant click and connection. Right. The first night. And right. then it was like every night for like a week or two, the same thing. All night, just talking, laughing, having fun, whatever. Until you got mad at me, that was like our pattern. <laughs> that was our pattern. So you got we mad at me. Brandon would go to class. I wouldn't go to class. And she had me skipping class too. Whatever. I think I think what it was is, I think what it was and what it is, is that we just have, um, not to be corny, but we have a similar vibration um, in terms of, you know, our personalities, in terms of, you know, yeah. uh, movies. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and it's not that we agree on everything. We don't. But I think when we, and we do, we argue a lot. <laughs> but we have a sincere desire to see the other person's perspective. Yeah. Definitely. That. And I also think that it helps that we also have very fam similar family structures. Right. You're the oldest right. of two same exactly. sex. I'm the oldest exactly. of two same sex. So very that's what I'm saying the soulmate comes, but I think that's easier. I think that's easier for friends because let's say this, what would have happened? What would our conversation would be? Would we still be um, as tight as we are 30 years later if those other things were in the mix? Um sex and bills and you right. know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. So it's easy for us to find it in this because all the other stuff isn't there. Right, right. It's, it's nothing there to distract from the authenticity of the relationship. Right. Um, right. So that's why it's hard to apply that to me in a romantic situation because if you're forming a life with somebody, a partnership, those things are necessarily there. You read that? I said, if you're forming a life with someone, those things are necessarily there that we've identified as distractions. Right, right. But the point, the, the, and I don't want to get off too much in the weeds with this, but the point of, um, and this is all started. We don't want to lose perspective from that meme. Right. Because the meme insinuates that um, there is a God-ordained 
one man or one woman for you. And that person cannot be attached to anybody else. That's that's what I'm kind of pushing. And this is a person, just for perspective, this is a person, once again, that's been with his wife for, for 20, married for 15. But I don't know if that's true. Here's what I was going to say. Here's what that makes me think of is, I do think God does that and says, you need to have this experience. But that might only be your husband for an appointed time. Exactly. And that's where, um, see, there's, I think you and I had this conversation before that there's a difference between one, having a physical desire for something and actually making the moral decision to pursue it. So the meme to me speaks of, yeah, you might be lusting after that. If he's somebody's husband in that moment, you might be lusting after him, but you have no business trying to make that work. No, you don't. And I'm not even saying on a a morality piece per se. What I'm saying is that's going to be some toxic shit. Absolutely. (laughs) For yourself, even if you're selfish, you don't care about their union, that's going to be toxic for you to have to deal with all of that. And you don't deserve to be somebody's side piece. Absolutely. But, But it still doesn't answer the premise of the meme. And what I mean by that is you're 100% right. If you start a relationship like that uh, for more than one reason, um, there are some moral issues and consequences off of that type of energy. But at the same time, you and this person could be really destined to be together, maybe not now, but in three years, because maybe that person that you work with, just using this as an example, you work with, you talk, and y'all click, and you find yourself falling in love with him or her. They have a bad marriage that they're in. You, you understand? They could be your soulmate. And this is just, don't kill me. We just, we're just fleshing this out. That could be your soulmate, just not right now. I agree with that, 100%. Okay. Here's, here's if that is your soulmate, that God has ordained to be your soulmate, he don't have to be that right now. It will be. Yeah, it will be. God don't ordain foolishness. Right. So if it's going to be a toxic situation, just move on. Just what Erica Badu, next lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a tough concept. That's a tough concept to to um it, it's a tough pill to swallow. Because he I, does, I right, God does not ordain foolishness, but you know, my aunt used to always say, but he does bless us in our mess. He does bless us in our mess. And I want to be clear to anyone listening that I am not judging anybody because I have been there. I don't want anybody to think I, that comes from judgment. I'm telling you, don't experience what I experienced. Where you think that this person is your soulmate, so you're willing to do what you think you have to do to be with your quote unquote soulmate, but it's just, it's toxicity waiting to happen. And it, 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 you can convince yourself as you and I just finished saying, you can convince yourself that that's real love, but real love doesn't look like um, putting you in a position where you aren't getting what you're worth. Mm. Uh, Michael and I had a conversation this week and I was telling him, 
I was watching a video and the brother said that his advice to anybody before they cheat or before they argue or before they sneak and do something that the mate wouldn't like, you ask yourself, is that fair to them? Is this fair to them I'm about to do? It, because if you love them and you ask yourself there, it's a, it's a check on it. So, yeah. I think, I think um, uh, okay, y'all can't see the mischievous grin Brandon is giving right now. So I feel like it's about to be some foolishness come out of no, it's, not, it's, 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 it's not about to be foolishness because obviously, obviously, I say it three times, obviously, I agree with that statement. Okay, okay. However, if we, because th that's one thing we said when we, when we, whenever we talk, we have always kept it real. So we're going to keep that's it real. Right. That's right. That's, that's, that's the sentiment you have, but I don't know if you conjure those thoughts in the moment. Oh, definitely you don't. Okay, I mean, so. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you like, Lord, I'm about to show up. Sometimes you do do that. Oh, I, I understand, do. but that doesn't really stop it when you see, you know, that man or that woman in front of you, you know, you know. Yeah, I think you, I think you have a choice. You don't have a choice of whether or not you're attracted or whether or not there's arousal. You might not have a choice. I'm gonna tell on myself, I'm a flirter. You might not even have a choice with the flirtation. So let's have a choice before it, it flips into anything else. Let's 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 jump all the way into this conversation. So if you are in as I am, if you are in a committed monogamous relationship, because this kind of piggybacks on the point you said of the permutations you should go through your mind before you um, hurt that person. But mm -hmm. we do know that, that that happens, unfortunately, in relationships. Right. Does the act mean you don't love that person? No, I don't think the act means that. Ever. I think it might, for some people it may, but I don't think every instance of cheating is an instance of not loving your partner. Does a repeated act of cheating mean you don't Yes, love? I do think the repeated act of It depends on what conversation has been had, right? It's unfair. No, 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 because you're about to say, you're about to say if there was an understanding. Yeah. Well, that's not cheating. No, 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 no. Oh, I, I didn't mean an understanding of this is, you can cheat. <laughs> that's not what I mean. An understanding of, listen, I can't handle that again. Like if you've had that conversation with your partner, I can't handle that again, please. I will have to leave if it happens again. And then it happens, then I think that's a lack of love. Okay, so two, 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 and, and, and you know, we're just fleshing this idea out. I'm listening. Two things could be true at the same time. That person could say as an absolute statement of fact that I can't take this. You know, I wish you would stop doing it. You know, you must stop doing this. I'm asking is if the person then does it again or continues to do it, is that necessarily a proof of not loving me? Because we've had a whole, we, we started this conversation talking about, you know, um, mental illnesses and things that could, you know. Right. That's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. It, it, I really think it, it, I don't know. I don't know, Brandon. That would be hard. It would be hard for me because if someone, this is what I'm, I'm falling back to. 
if someone loves you, then your feelings should matter to them. Yes. And I would never purposely hurt someone I love. Not purposely hurt them. Now, I might get caught up in some stuff and, you know, whatever, whatever, right? I make my apologies. We have a conversation. It said how much that hurt him. I think that would be enough for me to keep it from happening again. I understand. But what I'm saying is in the midst of that, oftentimes, you know, when you dig into these stories, and, I, and, and let me say this, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like I'm championing, you know, infidelity. That's not what I'm doing. I'm speaking, you know, I'm happily married man. I'm just speaking of- You're doing the man thing. That's what- that's and, that, and, and that's, that's not fair. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm trying to look at this, you know, holistically, because everything is not always black or white. I, like, no, I agree with your with your or you know the man or the woman's feelings of why would you do this I couldn't you know because maybe that's not something they um have an issue with now the person does I don't I want to say this the person who is being you know, who is cheating for lack of better words does have a responsibility to try to get some help the only point I'm making with you know these way too many words about cheating the only point I'm making is, that it's not necessarily proof that he doesn't love them. I would. It's not necessarily proof. I would agree with that. It's not necessarily proof of a lack of love, which is why I think you have heard my growth over the years. Because when we were young, if somebody cheated, that was your. That's the end. Right. I don't feel that way necessarily anymore. Right. Um. But. It's just a lot there because then the question becomes, why not just open it up? Like if you know that this is an ongoing issue, you know, it's highly probable that you're not going to stop. Then why not you and your partner have an honest conversation about let's just open this up. Yeah. But, but, but when you, when you do that, even if, um, and just being forthright, I've had, I've had friends, um, who, are married just as long as me. And there is a pretty much knowing on both part that both of them are not, you know, both of them are cheap. But the reason they won't open up is because it smacks in the face of tradition, culture, religion. You know what I mean? Let's wrap it back up because I see the I see the roundabout. You ready for the roundabout? roundabout. This goes back to how we originally got on this subject about the where do you pursue your passion or a job? Right. Right. I think one of the problems with humans in general, and one of the problems I've recognized in myself that I'm trying to move away from is making decisions based on how they appear to other people mm. rather than how right. healthy they are for us. Right. It, right. It, it would look unhealthy to most people our parents age for me to quit a good job a good job and open up you know a poop scooping business for dog owners absolutely like that would look absolutely asinine and i'm sure i would be the talk of the town but what if that brings me joy and what if i'm making a really good you know amount of money from it it's still the stigma around it might prevent me from making that decision absolutely and I think it, it just what you're saying, the same thing may happen for couples 
they're so worried about whether or not, you know, their mother-in-law would accept that they're in an open relationship that they would rather sneak and cheat and potentially bring home whatever, because you just, you can't have the honest conversation for fear of what other people would think. Right. Because, because we want, we want the Instagram picture of how things look. Right. You know what I mean? The yeah. framed, choreographed, manicured look, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the appearance of being happy when you're ultimately unhappy. When some of the happiest people I know, because they're not caught up in what we talked about earlier, the rat race and they're, you know what I mean? What they wear and what, you, you know, you know, it smacks against normalcy. Yes. What is normal? It's, it's what we've all socially accepted to be. Exactly. But it doesn't have to be. It's a right? social construct. It doesn't have to be. It, it does not have to be. And look at what happens when it's not. So I don't think that many people, we just happen to be, um, and I think this is God's ordination. I think we happened to be in an environment where people didn't automatically make assumptions about a man and a woman spending a lot of time together. I also think we happen to be children of people who could accept that their child's friend could be a member of the opposite sex. And I think we're definitely blessed Right. That your wife is who she is and Michael is who he is. Right. Right. But those are circumstances. Would we have been strong enough? Right. If they had, you know, that's not appropriate. That's inappropriate. Like if your wife, right. I remember your wife driving down from DC and you flew down so we could have some time together. What, what if that had been the opposite of who she was? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, a lot of, a lot of that is, Thank God we have people who uh, are partners who have their own level of security. You know what I mean? Because a lot of that comes from insecurity. But it, and you know, it goes back, it goes back to the, you know, the initial point of this is, and that's, that's a priority on my goal setting, is to tear away all these, la- these superficial layers to tear away, you know, the projections that we sometimes even on a subconscious level do and get to the point to what is healthy for me. You understand what I'm saying? What is that's hard work. It's hard work, but that but but I think it's necessary. Oh, it's definitely necessary. And I think as as both of us are working on that, we see the benefits. Because but 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 it's it's hard to tear away your version of happiness from societies at large. Oh, definitely. Oh, me being happy, I may never ever have a six pack. You may never be a size four. Right. Highest form of yourself. Right. To be okay with that. And and be happy with that. And be happy with that. Because that's, so for 2021, that's what we're setting, that's what we're setting the bar, right? Happy. Self-defined happiness. Self-defined happiness. And everything else comes after, everything else will come, right? Yeah, I truly believe that. I truly believe that, which gets to our faith conversation. Okay. Uh, So Brandon and I were having a conversation about faith. And I said, Brandon just liked to argue. So I think he was just picking an argument that day. I think he really did agree with everything I was saying. And he just wanted to argue. You worded it poorly. 
Hopefully you'll word it better this time. Whatever. You're here to fix it if I mess up. So my argument was that there are far too many people who are performing faith, who have not made the full transition to real faith. And what was holding them back from the full transition to real faith was a lack of evidence. That they really did not believe the things they were performing their belief in. And did I, I say that you, you said it exactly right that time. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. But there, and you know I'm a man of faith, but there is such a slippery slope with that. I'll tell you, let, let me let me tell you, I thought about this, I thought about our conversation today. I was watching the news mm-hmm. and there was a, a gentleman who was uh at this uh Trump rally they had at the Supreme uh-huh. Yeah. Very nicely dressed man, and the reporter was talking to him, and the reporter said, Well, at this point, he was a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. He said, At this point, well, what are you? I mean, he said it's over. He said it's obviously over. And the guy said, No, I don't I don't agree with what you're saying. He said, you know, he said, Well, you know, we still have litigation. And the guy said, Well, in kind of a smart way, he said, You you do know in this country, the Supreme Court is the highest the, court. He said, you know, they've they've dismissed this last case uh as being frivolous. What are you gonna do? And at the time he was doing that, uh Donald Trump flew over in Marine One. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's our president. He's going to be the president for the next four years. And the guy said, well, what do you base that on? The guy said, my faith tells me that. He said, as a matter of fact, you're supposed to feel the way you do. He said, but my faith, what I'm standing on, and he invoked God, he said, invoke God. He said, and God says that even though it doesn't look good, right? I did the same thing you're doing. And I said, man, this dude is crazy. That's cult behavior. It is cult behavior. But I have been in church my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. My entire life. Specifically the Black church. And I have heard, not, not, uh, don't get me wrong, not with the same subject matter, obviously, but I have heard that type of blind faith. That That was the point of our conversation that day that I think that kind of blind faith is dangerous. See, we're gonna go down there, we're gonna go back and forth again. I, yeah, I think faith is a beautiful gift, right? If it's real faith, and to me, real faith has to be based on evidence of things not seen. It is, but the point I'm saying is, maybe this gentleman here, who is completely, in my estimation and yours, based on your facial expression, detached from reality, maybe he had a situation in his life where the the odds were even worse. He prayed and it was reversed. So that's his evidence. Yeah, but there's no machination in place to make it true now. But it doesn't matter. that, That would be like me or you this is really okay you ready to go all the way there let's go all the way there let's say we're on a cruise ship and i say brandon god told me if i step off this deck i can walk on water 
And I tell you, I know with everything in every fiber of my being, if I step off this deck, I can walk on water. Would you let me step off the deck? No. Okay, that's, and there obviously is something wrong. What? God didn't tell me that. No, because then we'd both be drowning. That's an exercise of your faith. We would both be drowning. That blind faith does not work. So let me give you this story. I met a lady the other day. Tell you this very quickly. I met a lady the other day. Uh, she's and she said that she wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. So she told me we got to talking, and I just randomly met this lady. She said she went to the doctor. Doctor ran a series of tests. He called her the next week, and he said, "Ma'am, you need to come back in." And I said. Uh, she said, okay. So he came in and he said, you have stage four cancer. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much spread throughout your entire body. He said, really, there's nothing we can do. We can do some things to make you comfortable and give you a little bit more time. Um, and she said, uh, well, she said, well, if it's okay with you, I'm going to get a second opinion. And he said, okay. He said, I was going to, you know, advise you to do that. She went to the next doctor. The doctor said the same thing. As a matter of fact, his prognosis was worse. Mm-hmm. He was saying that she needs to start aggressive chemotherapy like the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, because, and she said, oh, wow. And she said, from the way she, he, was, he was responding, the doctor said, obviously, you don't have a grasp of this situation. And what I'm going to suggest now is that you talk with somebody about mental counseling. Because you're in shock. And I understand what you're saying. And then he said, so when can we get this started? And she said, uh, she said, well, right now I'm going to go to church. He said, but ma'am, I'm surprised you were able to walk in here. She said, no, I'm going to go to church. She went to church. Pastor prayed for her. And so when I was talking to her, I said, so what are you going to do? I said, how are you going to handle this? I said, because she was working in the yard when I saw her. I said, you look pretty, you know, able-bodied, but I mean, that has to fit. She said, honey, that was 1984. I haven't been back to the doctor since. So my point I'm making is, and, and this is what we talk about with faith. Faith is supposed to, and that's where me and you got back and forth. Faith no, I agree with what you're about to say. If you are about to say that faith has to be evidenced to you right. and you alone, we are, but we are in agreement on that. And let me say this, and this is where we may differ. Somebody listening to this may differ. That, I'm doing air quotes now, that evidence that you're talking about to you, real faith is not supposed to make sense to anybody else. Uh, I would agree with that. I won't say it's not supposed to. I would say it probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. Let me it say probably. right, right. That did, thank you. Once once a year, once a year, she she words things better than me. <laughs> Whatever. I actually have a similar story. Okay. I, do you remember that? That no. I was diagnosed with something called complex atypical hyperplasia. And which is um the way the doctor described it to me is I was basically a month outside of uterine cancer. Like it's what your body does right before the cancer cells start growing. Right. Um, and so the only treatment that they suggested was a full hysterectomy. And 
I, I, I don't, I still don't have children, but I didn't have children then and I wanted them. So I elected not to do the procedure. I asked for a second opinion. <clears throat> the second opinion was the same one. Um, only that I, it was a younger doctor with better resources. She'll, so she was like, well, what we can do is just do regular DNCs to keep the cells from growing. Right. In the meantime, this is when I became Lukumi, because in the meantime, I had a reading done with a priest right. and um, she gave me some rites and rituals to do. The reading told me some things that provided evidence to me that she was talking to somebody. You know too much about my life that I have not said to you for me to believe that this can't be real. Okay. So evidence was there for me. You are gotcha. right, for me. And I can also say that you are right. My parents were like, they were like, just get the hysterectomy. What are you doing? Like, this is too dangerous. You can't play like this. You but I didn't. Long story short, I had my first DNC. They sent the tissue off for, um, you know, to pathology and it came back clear because I did these other spiritual rites and rituals that I was supposed to do. So from, for me, I had had, um, you know, readings in the, in the tradition before. Right. But that was when it switched from a performance of faith to full faith was this, it was like little evidence before this validation in the reading, but the evidence that this supernatural thing has happened, I think that's what it takes to have real faith. Exactly. But the point I'm making with that, and that's exactly right, but the point I'm making with this, if you share that story, um, with and you know how we came up, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We came up. Somebody else will listen to that story, and they want to. Even though, as the you know the old people used to say, you know that you know that you know what it was. Mm -hmm. That that was confirmation mm -hmm. of your faith through your tradition. Mm -hmm. You share that same story with somebody you know uh, from your father's church. They're gonna say. That came because Pastor Paul prayed for you. Well, that might be their faith. Exactly. I believe we, you said earlier so, that two things can both be true. At the same time, right. Yeah, so my faith can be true for yes. my walk. Right. That faith might be true for their walk. Right, but what I'm saying is, and I'm just making the point that you're sure of it, right? You know, mm -hmm. because of your faith, what I'm saying is to somebody who's not familiar with it, it doesn't make sense. And it's not supposed to. Because it's it's your revelation of faith. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think both things can be true. Both things can be true. Like, it can, it can be true that Yemoja healed my body. Because she told me she was going to heal my body. That is true for me. That is evidence that supports my faith. It is also true to me. That meme that goes around that says your grandmother's prayers are still protecting you. Right. I think that's true too. It's evidence of my faith in my grandmother. Gotcha. Both of those things can be true in that same, you know, example. But that that's that's what I'm saying. Faith, faith is a very um it's a very personal thing. I agree. And 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 in that, that that's where, and that's why me and you had a uh 
a very loud hour and a half discussion. <laughs> because really, really, one it word was loud. misplaced. Huh? It wasn't loud. It, it was elevated. <laughs> because, because one word was misplaced. What word was misplaced? You messed something up. I don't even remember, but you didn't oh say what God. you said. Today. Oh my God. I said that you said something like, I think he just wanted to be right. Faith has to be proven to everybody. No, no, no. And I kept saying it has to be proven to you. That's exactly how I said it. It has to be proven to you. Which is the same thing we're saying about these goal setting things, right? right? right. That they have to be, and the faith that it takes to make the goal achievable. You have to have evidence that these things work. Right. And I think part of the evidence comes from understanding that you deserve to have the things you want. Right. That is the hard part. That's very hard. That's very hard. Tearing away everything else to, to you know what I mean, to prove to yourself that you deserve it. To give yourself evidence. Give yourself evidence. So what's the first step, Dr. Pogue, in getting to that, getting to that place? It's to know yourself. <laughs> you say that like that's easy. It's definitely not easy. Okay. I, I learn something about myself every day. I, I think, but I, I don't think it happens without the intentionality of wanting to know who you are. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this, and this would be my advice to everybody listening to stand in front of your mirror and really look at yourself. If you are anything like me, that is uncomfortable. Naked? I didn't say nothing by naked. I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm trying to get it right. I wanna get my homework assignment. <laughs> Whatever. I'm saying really look at yourself in your eyes and think about who that is. Like right. that's an uncomfortable process, but I think it's an important process. So it, it, it sounds like what you're saying, and, and, I, and I agree if this is what you're saying, before you even get, and, and this is a good time to kind of bring this up, because we, you know, we have these weeks uh, coming before the new year, if, if that's when you want to set your goals. Before you set your goals, you got to do some tearing away. You definitely have to tear away. So you're setting the goals based on your true self, not this you know, construction. Not this performance of self. Performance of self that we show. You know, I think I, I said this on um, Instagram once. I thought Tesla was my dream car. Right. My daughter's. Until I stopped to think about why I wanted it. Right. I wanted it because of what it represents to other people. It's the the new, it, 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 it becomes a symbol of entrepreneurship, comfort, right. a certain kind of celebrity type carriage. You know what I mean? And when I thought about it, that that's what I wanted. It wasn't the car I wanted. It was what the car symbolized to me. Right. So if I'm honest with myself, the car that looks the way I want it to look is the BMW X6. Right. But when I told Michael that was my dream car, he was like, but you, I think you said it, but you can go get that next week. Right. <laughs> right. I can go get that next week, but it's still my dream. It's my dream car. Exactly. And I think that's the kind of work we got to do. And, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because as, as, as you say that, I look over my 
my uh, right shoulder here and I'm looking at my vision board. Mm-hmm. And what I have on my vision board is the Porsche Cayenne. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No not, not for me, for my wife. Uh-huh. And then I'm really thinking, as you said, that I know she has uh, offhandedly said, you know, I like, I like that car. But is that the car that she wants? Or is that what I want my wife You want drive? somebody to say, look what Brandon bought his wife. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the kind, we got to be clear about our goals. And I think sometimes we're setting goals for other people and not for us. Right. And, and now that I think about this, because it maybe she's just being practical, but I've heard her talk about that uh, makes the Telluride. Is that a Kia or you know what they're talking about? That's a, is it a Hyundai or a Kia? Hyundai, I think. And it's really, nice. it's really nice. She loves that. She talks about that more than it. So, yeah, you're right. Ego. Ego yeah. has gotten on my vision board. Listen, and that's what I mean. We it's it's a constant self reflection, and it's it's being gracious with ourselves. When we see stuff like that, we just fix it, right? You know. So, are, have you done your vision board for twenty twenty one yet? I haven't done my vision board for twenty twenty one. I have I had some startings of it, but what I realize now through this conversation, I got to really do some paring down and and look at myself introspectively to really, you know. Yeah. Because I started it and I and I had nothing about uh I, I had generic tag phrases about health, but I gotta really be specific as to what that looks like. I am this is the first uh, year I'm gonna try this. I'm going to put recipes on my vision board. Healthy recipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because before I've just put, you know, he- like you said, the words health, right, lose weight. Right. Strength, you know, but I want to be practical. What does that look like for me? Right. And then I, also want to, I want to create um, like a you lose a lot of weight and not be healthy. Exactly. You can you can not be healthy because you lost too much. You lost, or too lost much. it the wrong way. Exactly. Um, I also want to. And what do you think about this? I also want to create. You know how um, maps have legends. Right. What do you feel about having a legend for the vision board? Actually, you take everything that's on there and you describe what you mean by it. Oh. Wow. I think, I think I'm going to do that this year. Yeah. Because I can have the vision board, like you have yours, on, I can have the vision board on the wall, but that thing, I can put it on my mirror in the bathroom, I can have it in my office on the bulletin board. Um, so I'm seeing it all the time. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that this year. And for those people who are listening who haven't done it before, do you do, I do an electronic vision board on Pinterest. You told me about that. I got to, I, I just can't get, get with that Pinterest. Yeah. Uh, I have found it more helpful because, you know, you know, nowadays you get the magazines. It's hard to find the pictures you want. But Pinterest, you can just kind of look up what you want and put it there. And so, I keep all of them. So I have from 20, I think my first one was like 2015. And all my vision boards, I just start a new one every year. So on our next, on our next uh, get together discussion podcast, are we going to have a vision board reveal? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. 
So when are we going to record again? We're going to do. All the spot in front. I've been doing vision boards on Pinterest since 2013. Wow. That's seven years. Wow. When are we going to have our next? And let's do. Here's the teaser. You you want to do like every two weeks? You want to do next week? We'll do next week. Okay, let's do next week. This time works. This time works. This time works. Okay, now, so let me give the teaser for what we're going to talk about next time. I'm going to give you time to think about it. Okay. That doesn't mean don't call me this week. Oh, you, you come on. You know what? We're going to talk about how your vision board might have, you see all these babies on my vision board? Right. That was seven years ago. What does it mean when it's not answered? Mm. My Volvo is there. Right. But what does it mean when it's not there? Is your vision board God's vision board for you? That's what we have to talk about. That's what we'll talk about. All right. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Always good talking to you. All right. My love to the family. Hey, you right. to your, I'm sure you have talked to your mom. Tell her I said hello. And your I will. I will. You tell your mother and father I say hello to. Will do. Take care. And send Love me the pretty, uh, the uh, recording. I will. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye.